podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Monday, January 31st. It is deadline day, and we are brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix or whatever you geoblock from, while also keeping your data safe. Check out LibertyShield.com and use the code EPL599 to get $5.99 off your first month. First month for one quid, $6.99 thereafter. No contract, no long-term commitment. LibertyShield.com, Trustpilot's number one rated VPN provider. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops which you can find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. If you are a Liverpool fan, there's some new Luis Diaz merch there to be had. Right, folks. So it is deadline day, but I feel like I have to start with the thing that broke yesterday, which is that Mason Greenwood has been arrested on suspicion of assault, and rape. Now, what needs to happen here is we need to let the police deal with Mason Greenwood. There's a lot of hot takes flying around. There's a lot of people saying different things and making different demands of what needs to happen. But I thought Mark Goldbridge had the best take of everybody I saw yesterday. And if you haven't seen it, Go and check out the United Stand video from yesterday where he talks about it. Goldbridge isn't for everybody, but he is an intelligent guy. And he's also a former police officer. Now, obviously, this is a horrendous situation. And if it plays out the way it appears, Mason Greenwood needs to be punished to the full extent of the law. There's absolutely no question of that. Yes, you can look at it as a football fan and say what a horrendous waste of such incredibly talent, an incredibly talented player. But that's not what's important here. What's important here is this young girl who trusted him, who obviously cared for him greatly, and who suffered this abuse. And she should be the focus here. She should be what's important here. Not point scoring. Not people saying, oh, it's not as bad as what Benjamin Mendy did. Benjamin Mendy, from what we know, 
is a horrific scumbag. He is not the bar to measure any other crime against. Neither is the player at Everton who's currently suspended and not playing for the, the entire season. Neither is the player at Brighton who is playing and has been linked with multiple Premier League moves while still pending further investigation. This case needs to be looked at on its own merits. And from the evidence that we have, from the pictures and from the audio recording, it, it doesn't look good for Mason Greenwood at all. But again, the focus needs to be on showing support for this girl who, like I said, she's, she's a really young girl. And all I could think of when I saw this and heard about this was what I would do to him if that was my sister. Now, I don't have kids yet, so I don't know what it's like to be a father. But the statement from her father, I thought was absolutely atrocious. And he needs to take a long look at himself. Now, whether she's been hacked or not is kind of irrelevant. These things happened regardless. And Harriet Robson is somebody who has shown incredible bravery to come forward in whatever way. Whatever way it's happened, she's shown incredible bravery. She's been through a horrific ordeal. And she needs people's support. What she doesn't need is idiots on Twitter trying to defend him and disparage her, trying to accuse her of different things, victim shaming, which is just one of the most horrific things you can do, especially in cases like this. Like Things like this will never leave that girl. She is always going to carry the weight of that with her. And she should be the focus. Showing support and respect for her should be the focus. Let the police deal with Mason Greenwood. Let the legal system deal with him. And trust that it treats him as it should treat him. Not as a privileged football player. Not as a millionaire. Not as a superstar in the making. But as a man who it would appear has severely overstepped boundaries. And this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're seeing more and more behavior like this from men of certain age groups. Now, look, there's a global epidemic of men who do not understand boundaries. There is a global epidemic of women having to live in fear because men just don't know right from wrong. But it does, to me anyway, seem more prevalent in younger men than in men of, say, my generation. Because when we were growing up, and I see it in people in all walks, not just overstepping in this regard, but the way they behave, the way they speak, the way they show little to no respect for their elders. When I was a kid, When I stepped out of line, I got a slap. 
When I overstepped any boundary, I got a slap. A clip around the ear, smack on the arse, whatever it was. If you're Irish, you'll know what this is. The wooden spoon would come out. That may be a thing in England as well, I don't know. But I know that every Irish guy of my generation and older lived in ongoing fear of the wooden spoon. And what it did, did was it put respect into us. It really did put respect into us. And I feel like that's been lost. I feel like in today's world where parents can't really discipline their kids, the ones that step out of line will continue to step out of line because their parents don't discipline them for many different reasons. One of which is the snowflake woke culture that we live in. This thing where everybody's offended by the idea that a kid might just need a slap on the backside or a clip around the ear every so often just to keep them in, in tow. Without that, I, I kind of feel like we have gone way too far in allowing kids these freedoms and especially a kid in Greenwood's situation where from the age of 16, he's tagged as the next big thing. At 17, he's signing sizable contracts. At 18 or 19, he's becoming a millionaire. And he's been handed everything and been told, you can have whatever you want. There's no limits. The world is yours. And this is sort of the result of that. And not just in his case, but in many others as well. Like I say, the police will deal with him and we have to trust that the police will deal with him. We have to hope that this doesn't have too much of a mentally scarring impact on her and her life because she is a young girl. And she needs her friends and her family to rally round her. She needs public support and she should have those things. She should not have to worry that scumbags are going to be in her Instagram replies or her Twitter mentions abusing her. She is the victim here. In no way does Mason Greenwood deserve any sympathy. In no way should you be defending Mason Greenwood. There is no defense of this, if it's true. None at all. I don't really want to talk about this anymore because I feel like I could fly off the handle. Like I said, the first thing I thought of was what would I do if that happened to my sister? And the answer is that they would be spending quite a long time searching for Mason Greenwood's remains. It just is what it is. I, I think most people would react the same way if this happened to your sister, your daughter, whatever. So I'm going to move on. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my break here. And uh, when I come back, we'll go through the transfer stuff. We'll get an early break. Right, welcome back. 
So, let's start with the first bit of news today. Everton have confirmed the appointment of Frank Lampard as the club's new manager. One of the more brainless appointments of the last decade. Everton now have the worst manager in the Premier League. But of course, his friends in the media have rallied around. John Cross of the Daily Mirror says, Frank Lampard guaranteed to bring energy, enthusiasm and fresh ideas to Everton. Did well at Derby. No, he didn't. He failed at Derby. He took over a team that finished sixth, spent a boatload of money and finished sixth. Massively increased their wage bill and really was the catalyst for their financial downturn. A bit like his uncle Harry when he went to Pompey. Did even better at Chelsea. Top four when people tipped them for mid-table. Nobody, nobody tipped Chelsea for mid-table. Ever. Not one person tipped Chelsea for mid-table. He did not do well at Chelsea. If any other manager had done what he did at Chelsea, they would have been slaughtered for it. They would have been absolutely slaughtered for it. He took over a team that finished third and won a Europa League, and he took them backwards at quite an alarming rate while spending a huge amount of money in the summer before he got sacked. And in that first season, again, he had a squad that had finished third and won a Europa League. Yes, he lost Eden Hazard. He got Mason Mount, he got Pulisic, he got Abraham, and he got Tamore, who Sarri hadn't had. So overall, he probably had a stronger squad. Guaranteed to bring energy and enthusiasm. Like, what do these things mean? Fresh ideas. Well, I see he is padding out his backroom staff, but it looks like Duncan Ferguson is going to be staying. So failure remains in the building. He had tried to bring in a couple of different coaches from Chelsea, at least one of whom is staying put. Paul Clement has been linked with uh, the role as assistant manager. Um, I think he may actually be confirmed. He has, has been confirmed. Paul Clement's an interesting one. He obviously did very well as assistant manager to Carlo at Chelsea, PSG and Real Madrid. And, you know, was was there for the double at Chelsea, was there for the title at PSG, though winning a title at PSG is not a huge achievement. And then they did win a Champions League. But is that down to Paul Clement or is that down to the fact that it's Carlo Ancelotti, one of the 10 greatest managers of all time? I think it's probably the latter. We've seen him as a manager failing at Derby, failing at Swansea, failing at Reading and failing at Circle Bruges. So he's a four-time failure as a manager, but he does have a decent track record as an assistant. And we'll see how he gets on with Lampard, but, you know, I'm not sure he's the tactician that Lampard needs alongside him. We'll see how the rest of the managerial team fills out. But Duncan Ferguson certainly doesn't inspire confidence. Lambert, uh, Clement rather, it's, uh, it's been a while 
since he was an assistant. It's been well, it's been eight years. Eight years since he was an assistant. So we'll see. We'll see. I did see one comical uh, claim the other day that he Lampard has spent the last the last sixteen uh, sorry the last six months building the ideal management team. But like everybody they mentioned, Bar Clement, who wasn't on the the early radar, and Duncan Ferguson, they all have better jobs than Everton. A couple of them at Chelsea, ones with the England squad. And Everton fans seem to be really, really excited about this managerial squad, more so than him. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, Everton might be worth a few quid as a potential relegation team. Right. Let's get into the real news then. Let's get into the transfer stuff. So Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, exiled by Arsenal. He has apparently agreed a loan deal with Barcelona. Now, it is dependent on Barca shifting a couple out the door. Usman Dembele does seem the one they're trying to get rid of. Uh, PSG and a couple of Premier League clubs have been linked with him but there's been no real traction on that so far but Aubameyang to Barcelona where he would join up with Adama Traore that could be it could go it'll go one of two ways it will either be an absolute disaster or maybe it is the sort of outside of the box option that Barca could do it to score some goals to help them in their pursuit of top four. But it is quite funny to see Barcelona making a move like this, having spent so long trying to bring down their wage bill and get rid of the fat contracts they'd given out against better judgment, to then bring in Aubameyang, who's on a ridiculous contract at Arsenal and hasn't delivered since signing it. And this season, obviously, has been an unmitigated disaster for him uh, and for Arsenal in terms of you know what he's been able to do for them and how he has acted. I find that one a, a kind of a funny deal. I do. I, I find that a funny deal. Uh, Build a reporting that Kylian Mbappe has agreed to sign for Real Madrid. Uh, I doubt he has agreed anything of the sort right now, but I do think that's where he will go. Um, lots going on. Brian Hill is going to Valencia on loan. No option or obligation to buy a loan from Spurs until June. He has obviously struggled to settle in the Premier League and Tottenham have made a decision that maybe he needs more time and more game time on loan. So off to Valencia he goes. Donny van de Beek, who loves to make bad career moves, looks to be making another. He has agreed a loan to Everton. He'll be Frank Lampard's first signing. And he turned down Crystal Palace, where he could have gone to a team on the up, playing a style of football that really would have suited him quite well, under Patrick Vieira, who's a superior manager, at a club that's much better run than Everton. He turned that down to go to Everton, likely because he didn't want to move house. Burnley have announced Woot Weghorst, or Woot Weghorst, on a permanent deal, 12.5 million is believed to be the fee. 
So they sold Chris Wood for 25. They didn't want to sell him, but they sold him and bought a superior player for half the money, who's also a year younger. That's very, very good business. Now, they could do with getting one more in, and I, I think they will try to get one more in before the deadline. They had been trying to get Aaron Ramsey from Juventus, but it appears that he has chosen to go to Rangers on loan. It's a bizarre move for him. It's a really bizarre move for Rangers. And we'll wait and see. But he has a couple of offers, but it seems like he's turned down Burnley in favour of Rangers. Manchester City have confirmed the signing of Julian Alvarez from River Plate. He will stay there on loan until the summer. But that appears to be a really clever move by City. Tanguy Endembele is in Lyon ahead of a loan move with an option to buy to return to the club that Spurs bought him from. His time at Tottenham has obviously not gone very well, and the decision has been made for him to return to Lyon on loan. They had tried to loan in Giovanni Lo Celso, but he wasn't interested. Now, here's the thing that gets me. Spurs have just spent, obviously, a week or so in negotiations with Lyon over a midfielder going back there. Why on earth did they not hijack the Bruno Gomerish deal? Bruno Gomerish would have been perfect for Spurs. And they didn't even try. I don't understand why Arsenal didn't try either. They're clearly in the market for a midfielder as well as a striker. And more on that. But I don't understand why neither of those teams made a move for him. He would have been absolutely ideal. Newcastle have confirmed his signing. It's a brilliant signing by Newcastle. And it saves their transfer window. It really does save their window because you look at the rest of the business they're doing. I mean, Matt Target in on loan, he's okay. He's okay. Uh, that one looks like it will get done today. Dan Byrne from Brighton. Really? That's the centre-back you're going to bring in? The biggest issue you have in your team is central defence and holding midfield? And Dan Byrne is your option. He's the fix. No holding midfielder signed. I've seen some reports that Gamerish will play there. It's a lot of heavy lifting for him to do and not the best use of his talents. The overrating of Kieran Trippier has been hilarious. Chris Wood. Now, they are trying to sign this young French striker, Atike. Um, and he looks... Really, really promising, but it's a very small sample size. I've seen some tweets saying, you know, goals and assists per 90. He's 0.97. He's above Jamal Musiala. He's above Florian Verts. Well, first things first, they're both midfielders. He's a striker. He should be above them. And secondly, they've played an awful lot more minutes, especially Verts. Verts is an every game starter, plays 90 minutes most weeks. He's on a different level altogether. Um, Tottenham are doing bits, though. Tottenham are doing bits. They have let that one go by, but... Ekitike is his name, not Etike. Ekitike. Um, Tottenham have done bits. They've gotten two players across the line. Dejan Kulisevsky from Juventus. I think that's loan with an obligation to buy. That's a really good signing. 
That's a really good signing. I, I think he'll do very, very well under Conte. Conte's a long-time fan of his, wanted him at Inter Milan. Paratici's a long-time fan of his. He's the one that bought him for Juventus, one of the few kind of half-sensible moves he made there. It didn't work from at Juve under Allegri, and that's fine. Not every player is going to suit every manager. But I think a front three of Kulisewski, Kane, and Youngman Son is pretty sensational. Spurs today were linked with Yannick Carrasco, but David Ornstein said they've left it too late. It's not going to happen. I don't know why they'd want Yannick Carrasco at 60 million. I really don't. It's a move that would make no sense. You need centre backs. <laughs> Buy some centre backs. Uh, they've also completed the permanent signing of Rodrigo Bentancur, it appears, from Juventus. 19 million plus bonuses uh, and add-ons that could be a very clever signing now it's a bit of an awkward fit but you'd imagine he comes into the team for Heusberg Heusberg's the one that drops out but that still leaves him having to partner either Ollie Skip or Harry Winks they're both decent players neither of them are top four starters so we'll wait and see uh, Giovanni Lo Celso turned down that move to Lyon, but it does look like he is going to go on loan with Villarreal, the club most likely to sign him. Uh, Juventus have decided to replace Bentoncourt with Denis Zakaria. He was at a contract in the summer, so they've gotten him on the cheap for around €5 million. Euros. Um, Phil Jones had the option to go on loan to Bordeaux. But he has turned that option down. A little bit of a strange one that he turned it down. You would have thought playing games would matter to him after so long sitting on the sideline, but not so much. He is deciding to stay. I have given the go-ahead, or at least Ralph Ranick has given the go-ahead, for Jesse Lingard to leave on loan. And Lingard will have multiple options. Newcastle believed to be interested. It's also believed that West Ham have made a proposal to bring him in. So if he's any sense, he'll go to West Ham, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, the Espanol director, Jose Maria Duran. Arsenal called for Raul de Thomas, but we didn't even want to talk. We won't let him go. No way. His release clause is 75 million. Raul de Tamos. Like, he's he's all right. He's decent. But he's not a big-time goal scorer in La Liga. He's a big-time Secunda Division goal scorer. But that's a bit of a, a drop-down for Arsenal, who obviously wasted months and months and months attempting to sign... Vlahovic, who had no interest in going there. Then their fans got all excited because Alexander Isak decided to take a, a little holiday to London and was doing some shopping. And uh, they they got all excited and thought they were signing him. And he has returned back to to Spain. No move ever came close. Uh, Krisenko Somerville's loan move to Hamburg has collapsed. He is staying at Leeds. He was hoping to go and get minutes somewhere, but it doesn't look likely. Uh, yeah, it does look like Aaron Ramsey to Rangers is the move. 
And Usman Dembele has turned then the opportunity to join Arsenal. Because, of course, Chelsea attacking midfielder, midfielder Tino Angerin has joined Huddersfield on loan for the rest of the, the season. That's a really good signing for Huddersfield. Really, really good signing. Obviously, they've got Le- Le- uh, Levi Colwell there at the moment on loan from Chelsea. And he's having a great season. So, I think Andrew's a really clever point, uh, 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 addition. They're currently seventh in the championship. Level and points with West Brom in fifth and Middlesbrough in sixth. They've played one game more than Middlesbrough. But they're in with a really good chance of making the playoffs. And a player like Tino Andrew could make all the difference for them. He has been linked with Southampton in recent days. And I think that's one to keep an eye on for the summer. But for now, for now, it's Huddersfield for him. Uh, Spurs' pursuit, pursuit of Sofian Amrabat, Amrabat, Amrabat will, is over. Uh, he's staying put. What else do we have here? Let's see. Um... Mike McGrath says Everton are eyeing a move for Luka Jovic on loan from Real Madrid. He's been available for loan all window. I don't understand why Arsenal, who have left themselves in a situation with any strikers they're going to have at their club, are Lacazette and Eddie Nketiah, both of whom, by the way, are in the last six months of their contract. So are either of them fully committed? To the cause, are they going to risk injury over the next six months by you know giving their all by flying into things? I have doubts. I really do have doubts. I think Arsenal should be looking at Luka Jovic, but Everton are being linked. Everton can only loan players from abroad now because they've got two Premier League loans in in Anwar Al Ghazi and Donny Van de Beek. They've also been linked with a permanent move for Deli Ali. Apparently Crystal Palace also looking at Deli Ali on loan. I did suggest on Twitter over the weekend that I thought that would be a clever move for all parties. So I'd like to see him go to Palace. I really would like to see him go to Palace. I think that's the best move for him. Bournemouth are making moves, uh, looking to bring in Todd Cantwell on loan with an obligation to buy in the summer. Now, that would be a strange one for Cantwell to agree to because one of the reasons he wanted to leave Norwich last season is he didn't want to play in the championship again. Um, so signing on to go into the championship again would be really strange. They also look to have uh, deals coming up for Nat Phillips and Nico Williams on loan from Liverpool. They've been linked with Freddie Woodman on loan from Newcastle. That one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because. Mark Travers is having quite a good season. So I'm not really sure of the logic in that one. Hmm. Yeah, strange stuff. Strange stuff. There is not a whole lot else going on right now. Deals that have been confirmed. Gamerish to Newcastle. Uh, Luis Diaz to Liverpool, obviously. Finley Burns has left Man City to go to Swansea on loan. Ryan Hedges has gone from Aberdeen to Blackburn. 
Jordan Hugel has joined Norwich. No, he's joined Cardiff, sorry, on loan from Norwich. Adama Traore has gone on loan to Barcelona. Joe Carvalho has left Nottingham Forest to join Olympiacos. Now, they're obviously owned by the same same guy, I think, those two clubs, aren't they? Uh, but he's a, he's a real cautionary tale. He was so talented when he broke through at Benfica. And he did look like he had a big, big career ahead of him. Forrest made a huge offer, 13.2 million, their club record. And it's just never quite worked out. He had a great spell. Who was the manager? Oh, the guy that was manager of... God, his name escapes completely. He managed Middlesbrough. He has played for Real Madrid and won Champions Leagues. What is his name? What is his name? That will really annoy me now. List of Nottingham Forest managers. Yes, Ator Karanka. Thank you, Guy. That is him, Ator Karanka. Yeah, he had a good spell under him. But aside from that, it's never really worked out well for him. But yeah, this is just uh, Maranakis, who is the owner of both Forest and Olympiacos, basically moving pieces around. Um, I, I kind of have a feeling that he wants Forest in the Premier League. And he sort of wants Olympiacos as a proving ground for players. Players that go to Olympiacos win stuff and then move on. But maybe right now he was hoping that Carvalho would do really well. He would move him to Olympiacos and then sell him for a big price from there to a European club or sell him from Forest to a Premier League club. But either way, nothing has worked out. Um, not a whole lot else going on today as, as things stand. There will be a lot, I think. I think a lot will happen later on today. Oh, missed, missed one big one. Christian Eriksen has completed his signing for Brentford. Uh, Six-month contract with an option for a further three, no, further 12 months. Further 12 months. Uh, let's have a quick gander here. Hmm. Yeah, Christian Eriksen has gone to Brentford. Nat Phillips has been confirmed to Bournemouth on loan. So he'll go there for the rest of the season and there will be a loan fee, but it doesn't look like there is an option to buy. Now, maybe that pops up later. Maybe we find out about that later. Um... Nat Phillips en route to Bournemouth for a medical. Liverpool had, ins had insisted that a loan was not what they wanted, but they've relented on deadline day. Chance a player to go and play in a side with plenty to play for. Feels like a loss four to five months for him. Feels like a waste of time for Liverpool, to be totally honest. It really does feel like a complete waste of time. Eh, it is what it is. Uh, we, won't get too, we won't get too worked up about it. Uh, yes, Guy has reminded me. Cousin Jeff is on his way 
from Newcastle to Middlesbrough, uh, they're looking to obviously clear up some space. And I, I think it's a, a good move for him. He's definitely more than good enough to play in the championship. He's proven himself in the Premier League for a long time. And we wish him well. We wish him well at Middlesbrough. Um, they look a good bet to come up as well. They're, they're doing really well. Chris Wilder's got them playing good football. So keep an eye on the cuz and how he does at Middlesbrough. Let's go through the gossip and get done for today before I start rambling. I've thrown myself off today with that Greenwood stuff. I really have. So I don't feel like this has been my best effort put forward. So apologies for that, but it did sort of get me worked up a little bit. Uh, anyway, let's get through this gossip. Actually, just before we get into the gossip, Guy has let me know that it appears that Newcastle's move for Ekatike has fallen through. Uh, get French Football News are reporting that he and his entourage have decided against the move. Makes sense. Hold off till summer and wait and see. Hold off to summer. Wait and see what better options are out there. He will have better options. It does sort of put a bit of a dampener on Newcastle's window. I mean, like I say, let's be honest. Trippier, Target, Wood and Dan Byrne. Not really... Not really the strongest window you could imagine. Gamerish saves it and turns it from a bad window to a pretty good window. But he's going to have to do an awful lot of heavy lifting. I think defensively, they're getting weaker because Trippier is a poor defender. Target's not a great defender. And I don't think Dan Byrne is, is going to sort the central defense all, all by himself. Um, yeah, I mean... It's a fairly average, a fairly average window. Uh, another player who has decided against a move is Darwin Nunes, who it appears turned down the chance to sign for West Ham. So that one is off, and not, again, not a surprise. He'll wait till summer. I think he's enjoying his season with Benfica, even though they're not great. He's having an excellent season. It probably makes more sense. For him to stay where he is. Uh, AC Milan could make a late move to sign Tottenham and England midfielder Deli Alli on loan. That could be interesting. Get a move away from the Premier League. Go somewhere new. Start over. It really could work for him. Uh, like I say, if he stays in England, I hope he goes to Palace. But that's the better move because it's AC Milan. Manchester United and England goalkeeper Dean Henderson is apparently set to sign for Newcastle on loan. That could be an interesting one. West Ham have bid eighteen million for Duja Coletta Carr. That could be a very good signing for them. They could do with help at centre back, and that's a fairly good price for a player like him. France forward Usman Dembele is likely to leave Barcelona, despite agreeing terms with Manchester United. Man, sorry, with Paris Saint Germain. Manchester United have entered the race to sign him. It's from Pedro Almeida, who's a spoofer, so we'll we'll just ignore that one. Tottenham are interested in signing Dem Dembele, but not prepared to pay his wages. 
Arsenal and Gabon striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has agreed to play for practically nothing to play for Barcelona. If he's playing for nothing, that's a great deal. Uh, Fabio Cavallo could move to Liverpool in a deal which sees him loan back the championship club until the end of the season. I think that makes sense for everybody. Crystal Palace have had a second bid turned down Freddie Nketiah. I think they're going to sign him in a free in the summer. Uh, Leon's move for Tanguy Ndebele has that reached it. It's done. It's done. Never mind. Chelsea have made their interest in Rafinha clear, but it is likely he will only be available in the summer. Everton could sign up to four players on deadline day. I doubt it. I, I do doubt it. Uh, Wolves have been offered Juventus and Wales midfielder Aaron Ramsey. I hope they turned it down laughing. Hull are lining up a move for Brentford's Finland striker Marcus Fors. Liverpool's Wales defender Nico Williams could be loaned to Bournemouth. That's fine. Uh, Football Insiders, the one claiming Freddie Woodman, so I'm going to put that in the bin. Uh, Norway striker Erling Broad Holland wants to join Barcelona. Uh, again, I think that should be confined to the bin. Um, Zakaria, we've done. Basuma, we've done. I think. I think that's pretty much everything. I don't think there's anything else happening today. Obviously, tomorrow we will know what's what's happened, and it'll be much easier to dig through the remains of the of deadline day tomorrow when stuff is done and stuff has been decided. Uh, deals will be completed, and it will just be the aftermath. So uh, I'm going to leave it there for today, folks. Again, apologies. I kind of lost the run of myself at the start and kind of lost my focus a little bit. But um, I hope you'll excuse me. I hope it was all right anyway. And I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be better tomorrow. See you then. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.